This is Charlie Baker, and you're listening to Paying Attention. The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone. That's the whole point. He's never gone. Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Do you think that you could repeat the question? Not letting me share this. Huh. Huh. New Facebook is not letting me share this. How about that? I told you they changed things again. Fucking Facebook, man. I just I hate them so much. I just hate them so much. You have no idea how much I hate Facebook. If I didn't need them so badly. God, it's just... It's infuriating. Every week, it's something else. Welcome to the Tom Get Turned Back in Facebook game. You're too low. I can't hear you. Don't mind just little driving. How's that? Is it better? That's, yes. I will project my apologies. We need to hear that sexy voice of yours. I try. Wait, I'm not causing you any trauma by saying you have a sexy voice, Sam. No, I want to make sure I'm not fine. causing anybody any trauma. I'll still be here next week. It's fine. I won't be going to HR. <laughs> Wait, I am HR. This, how does that work? I don't know. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Oh, we're right. good. I can, only, I can only share it on my page. I can't seem to share it anywhere else. So I guess we'll just stop the show. I mean, I guess. It would just be great if Facebook could just get their act together. Multi-billionaires. Huh. Yeah, Facebook's looking really crazy today. He should hire us as backup. I agree. We're good. Although he's got a great band, the yes. Meltones. Oh. It's Melvin Taylor and the Meltones. That's awesome. And they are great. They have, um, although the drummer hates me. He's like a oh. far left wing guy we used to fight on Facebook oh, all the time. Okay. He hates Trump. But I don't care. Like, I, listen, when I, when I go to listen to music, I don't give two, I don't give a rat's ass what their politics are. No. All righty. Let's start the show, I guess. Oh, <clears throat> Hi, how you guys doing? My name is Tom Duggan. Here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, top two guys. Smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Dramatic pause. <laughs> I was Sorry. just thinking that. Like, that was a very dramatic pause. You Tom. know, because I'm a smoker, I'm always dehydrated. I'm right. all, I always have cotton mouth. So sometimes like in the middle of a sentence when I'm talking to someone on the phone, I have to stop and take something to drink <laughs> because I can't talk anymore because my mouth is all cotton. So um, hi, how you guys doing? Got a good show for you today. Um, we were going to have a guest today, but I'm going to hold off on her um, because she's about to make some 
really big breaking news, and I didn't want to have her on and then have her do the breaking news like within the next couple of weeks and then have her on again afterwards. So I figured we're just going to have her on either right before or right after she makes an announcement. So we're going to do that. Um, I want to thank our sponsors. I, I, I always love to thank our sponsors. We love our sponsors. Um, I have to pull it up here so I can read it. Uh, McLennan Real Estate Century 21, AFC Urgent Care, uh, Marsan and Son Construction, EIS Investigations. And let me tell you something about EIS Investigations. I don't give a rat's ass what anyone thinks about Joe Solomon. I really don't. I understand that there's a lot of people who don't like him. In fact, most of the people who don't like him don't even know him. They don't like him because of what the media has reported about him or what their political friends say about him. But uh, let me tell you something about Joe Solomon. First, when he gives his word, he keeps it, uh, unlike certain other people. And also, yesterday I found myself in a really big bind. And I was, I don't freak out much. Like it takes a lot for me to freak out. Yeah. But I found myself in a really big bind yesterday morning and I freaked out. And about two, I called a couple of friends of mine and said, What do you think I should do about this? I didn't call Joe, but I called a couple of other friends. And about three hours later, Joe showed up at my office, handed me something and said, here, I took care of it. I heard you had a problem this morning. Here, I took care of it. Hmm. And I went, what do you mean you took care of it? He said, no, here, I took care of it for you. And I looked at what he showed me and I went, holy shit. He found out through a third person that I was having, I was, I was in a really tough spot yesterday. And he found out through a third person. He didn't call me. He didn't you know, ask me if I wanted the help. He went out on his own. Heard what the problem was. He knew somebody that was involved. He went to them. He took care of it. He did the paperwork. And he brought it to me. So wow. I want to thank Joe Solomon. I want to thank EIS Investigation because you know it's not Neil Perry coming to save my ass when something's happening. It's it's Joe Solomon coming to save my ass when something bad happens, mm-hmm. and it was pretty bad. So we want to thank Joe. Joe's a good guy. He's a good friend, and you know this is the guy that all my political friends wanted me to throw under the bus for political expediency because he was unpopular and the voters didn't like him because of press reports that he allegedly did this and that. And, you know, I, I, I don't throw people under the bus that are my friends. I just don't. Right. And I said to each one of them, show me proof of wrongdoing, I'll write the story. And their answer was, well, we're, we don't trust you to give you, the, give you the proof. And I said, okay, so you want me to write a story without proof? <laughs> And you won't give me the proof because you supposedly don't trust me. And then when I don't write the story because you don't give me any proof, you say, see, he's protecting Joe Solomon. So you you can't have it both ways. Joe is my friend, but friend or not, if someone was accusing some other cop of something and they didn't want to give me the proof of what they were accusing me of doing, I'm still not writing that story. Joe Solomon or not. So um, this is the – after he walked out, out the door – my friend, my friend Nancy came by about an hour later, and she said, I heard, hey, you had a tough morning, and I told her what happened. And I said, I, it hit me as I was talking. I said, you know what? And that's the guy everyone wanted me to throw under the bus. Mm-hmm. That's the guy that everyone said, if you just, throw, if you just go after Joe Solomon, we, we'll, we'll go back to being friends with you. We'll go back to spending money with you, all these, all these city councilors. We'll, we'll go back to liking you again. Well, you know what? I don't need any of you guys to like me. I don't need any of you. I don't want any of your friendships. You are politicians. My job is to hold you accountable. It's nice if we can be friends. I enjoyed being friends with some of them. But if the price of being your friend is that I have to fight your battles for you and I have to go after people that you don't like, then that's, that's a price that's too high for me. Mm-hmm. So 
I want to thank Joe, and I want to thank EIS Investigations for staying with us. Joe is no longer the police chief. There's nothing more I can do for him. There's nothing more I can do for him at all. And yet he stayed with me. Yet other people who I helped get elected walked away from me. So we'll just let that be, let that, we'll just let that be a little bit of a lesson in humanity for you guys out there that might be going through something similar. I also want to thank Borelli's Deli. We love Borelli's Deli. Don Smirglio, I guess, Ooh, just yeah. got a, a big award. And I was a little hurt that I had to read about it in another paper. Oh. But I was so happy for him that it doesn't matter. I was so happy that he was being lauded and he was being appreciated for the work that he does. As I was kind of irritated when I saw it was like Methuen Life. But then I like the, <laughs> Methu- I like the Methuen Life guys too. I, love, I, I like Steve Whipple. So I was like, you know what? It's, kinda, it's good for everybody. I'm still going to write about it in my paper a little bit. Yeah. And, um, and, and we, we really appreciate what Don does for the community. Uh, A&M Auto Body over there. We got Angelo. This is his last hey week yo. with us for a little while. Over there. He's having the same problem as all the other businesses that are out there. So I'm going to use this as an opportunity to not just promote A&M Auto Body. I'm also going to use this as an opportunity to let you guys know what the Valley Patriots are going to do start, starting next month. What, what I realized was driving, uh, calling businesses and visiting businesses and seeing if they want to advertise is that a, a lot of businesses have the same incorrect perception that because we have to spend all this money on product and trying to get people back to work and plexiglass and all the money we spent on stupid COVID, re- COVID restrictions that, by the way, didn't do anything, mm-hmm. that was all a waste of money, you made these people waste all this money. And when I go to them and I say, would you like to promote your business now that you're back open? What are your new hours? They say, geez, you know, but I don't really have a lot of money to be doing advertising. And then it hit me last night. They, these businesses shouldn't be advertising their new hours of operation for their customers. They should be advertising for help wanted. Yeah. Every business that I talk to from Romano's to Miller's Tavern to Heavenly Donuts to, uh, I mean, I, I could name another 15 off the top of my head where business owners or business managers have said to me, you know, I just, I have, we have, we have a ton of customers. We don't have the workers. We, have, yeah. we don't have enough workers to keep up. Every store I walk into lately, you, the front doors, you walk in, help, help wanted. wanted. And like for almost every position right. we have, you're like, right. oh, wow. So I decided that, you know, sometimes it's better to go back old school. Sometimes it's better to take a step back, right? Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, you know, when I was growing up, there was a help wanted section in every newspaper. And people used to have to go get the newspaper and read the help wanted to get a job. And even though today we've got Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and, and Monster.com and Zillow and all these other things where you can find a job online, you know, there's nothing like picking up a newspaper and looking to see what local jobs in your neighborhood are available. You go online, you've got to sift through every job in Massachusetts, in New England. Um, right. You know, I mean, you've, you've got to really kind of sift through it. So we're going to bring back a help wanted section. So if you're a business and you need help, Here's what we're going to do to try. I'd like to do it for free. We actually talked last night. Uh, I called uh, Santiago and a couple of other board members. We did like a quick conference call to talk about whether or not we could afford to do it for free. And we can't because we have our costs we have to cover too. But here's what we can do. We can, we can offer it at our cost. Okay. So what it's going to cost us to fill a page, we did the math, and it comes out to about $25. So for $25, your business can run... It's going to be like, uh, and I'm going to post it online today. I'm going to post the, the format that you have to do it in because they have to be uniform because yeah, I, can't, I can't have people sending me five paragraphs of what the requirements <laughs> are for a job. It's got to be the name of your company, the name of the position available, 
um, you know, is a degree required? Like maybe one or two lines about is a, de- a degree required? And then your contact information where people can get more info or a website where they can go to get more info. You can drive people to your website and if you've got a help wanted on the website or, or for them to contact you through the Valley Patriot. So for 25 bucks, we're going to put together at least one or two pages depending on how many we get. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be something that's going to go like wildfire. I think we're probably going to get a lot of businesses that are interested, but sometimes we get surprised. Sometimes <laughs> we think we have a great idea and it fails. Nothing, then yeah. there are other times when I'm sitting around having meetings with my board and someone comes up with an idea. And I'll say, you know, I, I like you, but that's the dumbest flipping idea I've ever heard in my life. And someone will say, yeah, but let's just try it. Who knows? And so I'm an open-minded guy, and I'll try it. And, that's the, and that turns out to be the idea that, that takes off. Hmm. So you never know going into something. You think it's going to work, and sometimes it doesn't, and vice versa. So if you are a small business, and I don't care what kind of business you are, a pizza shop, a law office, a restaurant, um, an accounting firm, um, a, a small package store, whatever it is that you are, if you're looking for work, uh, go on the Valley Patriot website tonight. I will have the, the, the prices and the restrictions up to, and the uh, format tonight. We're going to allow you to pay online, so you don't have to mail me a check. You're going to be able to use pay, uh, PayPal. Nice. So you can go right under the Valley Patriot website. You can click the link. We're going to pull it up on Facebook. Um, you can click the link. It'll bring you to the PayPal. You can pay that way. And then you're going to have to email me the confirmation code. So I know that that's the payment because PayPal doesn't tell you who paid you. Yeah, right. Right? Sometimes. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. So you have to give me like, you know, your confirmation code or whatever it is there that they give you when you pay to let me know that that's the ad that's paid for. And then you have to email me what you want in your ad. I think that's going to work out well. Um, it may not. It may, this may turn out to be one of those things we thought was going to work but didn't. But we really want to help the small businesses. And when Angelo called and said, you know, Tom, I love you and I really want to keep helping your show. But I've got like a billion customers trying to get in here to get work done in their cars. And I don't have enough mechanics to handle the work because I don't have any workers. Yep. And, and after I hung up on them, I thought, you know, I'm hearing that everywhere I go. Maybe we can help. Maybe we can't, but maybe we can. So we're going to try it. We're going to try starting in the June edition. And we go to print on June 8th, which means you have really until June 6th, maybe June 7th, if you can get it to me that Monday on by noontime to get it into the next Valley Patriot. I uh, also want to thank uh, Teddy Fairburn, who is an uh, attorney for workers' compensation, Tomo's and Happy Crab. We were at Tomo's again this last weekend. Oh, oh my God, the scallops. I, if, I could, if they could just order do just like a scallop, one of those hibachi, bing, 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 scallop yeah. dishes, and it was just scallops, because you have to get like the, the emperor's emperor the package. Emperor package I right? know. I went last week on your recommendation. I didn't want to speak up last week. I was, it was a busy show, but I do want to say, to, like, oh, my God, everything Thomas said about Tomo's, I reiterate, I went, I got the emperor package that you told me to get. Those scallops or scallops, if you're from America, <laughs> we say scallops where I'm from. Sorry. It's okay. Um, oh my goodness, they really were. They're huge. They're huge. Delicious. I had, it took three bites to eat the first yeah, scallop, and I me went. Too. And I sat there thinking, when was the last time I had a scallop this big, this good? And I think it was like ten years ago in Newburyport, we were at like the Starboard Galley, and and they and they had scallops that were that big. 
And uh, not only that, portion size too. I portions were so huge. I was so very impressed. A lot of time when you have something like scallops there that you get like uh, two or three, right. maybe four if you're lucky, and they're little. Right. No, these things are huge, and mm. the portion was massive. I was, yep. I was very excited. As The I, one thing that, about me that people need to understand if they watch the show or if they read my newspaper on a regular basis or even if they follow me on Facebook, I'm not going to lie for an advertiser. Mm. If I have an advertiser and their product and I've gone there and it's not that good, I'm not going to come in and say that they sucked. But I'm not going to sit here and praise them and say, get this or get that. It's really good. Because right. then you're going to go there and it's not going to be that good. And then they look bad and I look bad. Exactly. So I'm never going to lie for an advertiser. I'm never going to do that. But if I find an advertiser and they're doing something really phenomenal, I am going to rave about it because that's what I do. My job yeah. is to promote, right? Um, uh, and also Happy Crab. Now, we've been to Happy Crab. It was good. Um, I, I, I think I ordered the wrong thing, so we're going to go back. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan. I don't like kielbasa. It's one of those things that if oh, I just smell I it, kielbasa. if I just smell it, it makes me nauseous. I got very sick as a kid on it. Oh, okay. And so it's one of those things where it's kind of like um, tequila. If you've ever been sick on tequila, just the smell of it makes you nauseous, right? Yeah, people... Those, those of you who have been to college. Oh, not even college. I've been there because people now ask, do you like tequila? I said, I love tequila, but she hates she, yeah, me. Yeah, she doesn't like me very she much. She doesn't like me. Not at all, at all, at all. <laughs> so we got a bunch of things I want to talk about today. I, I, we want to talk about a couple of restaurants that we went to. We went to 10 restaurants since the last show. In the last week, we've been to 10 restaurants. And we found, of the 10, three of them that were worth talking about, so we're going to talk about them. Before awesome. we do, though, I don't want to eat up the show and then not have time for this because this is a big, huge story. Francisco Urena. Francisco Urena was the veteran services officer in the city of Lawrence back in 2006 and seven. In fact, we met Francisco Urena in 2006. There was a big flood in the city of Lawrence. And the entire... Lawrence Street area where the Hayden Schofield Park is, for those of you who know Lawrence, was completely underwater. That whole area of Pocket Hampshire Street was, the National Guard came in, they declared, they declared martial law in that area, everybody had to leave for like four or five days, the electricity was cut in that entire 15, 16 block area, and so uh, we found out the day after the, the, the flood hit, we found out that the Red Cross was setting up a tent for the families that were displaced. So we went down as newspaper people to kind of interview and see who was helping and who was not and who was there and what people needed. We met a guy named Francisco Urena. He had literally, when we met him at uh, about 11.30 in the morning, I can't believe I remember that from 2006. I can't remember what I had for breakfast. But at 11.30 in the morning, we ran into this guy named Francisco Urena, tall, good-looking guy, very young-looking, and uh, he, was, he was helping people. He's asking people what they needed. He's taking their names down. And we started chatting with him a little bit. And it turned out that that morning, he had just stepped off a plane at Logan Airport from Iraq. He's an Iraqi war veteran, Marine, Purple Heart decorated, multiple medals. This guy is everything you think a Marine should be. And we were so impressed. We were like, wow, this guy is amazing. He... he he got home this morning from Iraq, went home. He heard on the radio that there was a big flood in Lawrence because he lived in Lawrence. And so he dropped his bags off at home, didn't even unpack, went to the Red Cross tent and immediately started helping. Wow. That was – I can't tell you how incredibly impressed we were standing there talking to him. And the more we talked to him, the more we wanted to be this guy's friend. We got his phone number. We chatted with him afterwards. We went to lunch. And Mike Sullivan was the mayor at the time, and I grabbed Mike because Mike was a very, very good friend of mine, a guy that would never walk away from you. And 
uh, we were talking to him a little while later, and I said, you know, did you meet that guy, Francisco, that was down at the Red Cross tent? He said, yeah, you know, that guy seems like such a nice guy. Did he tell you he just got off the plane from Logan? I said, yeah. I said, you're looking for a new VSO, a new veteran services officer in City Hall. That's the guy you want. Like, literally, that's the guy you want. If, that, if there's somebody that's going to take care of our veterans here in the city of Lawrence, it's that guy. Yeah. So Michael called him and hired him. And he became the veteran services officer for the city of Lawrence. And he was for, I don't know how many years, maybe five or six years or more. This guy was a hero Marine and served his country and came back and continued to serve his community. Well, you know, it wasn't long before um, uh, Mumbles Menino, uh, Mayor Menino in Boston, tapped him to be the veteran services officer in Boston because Francisco was doing such a great job here. After that, he remained when Marty Walsh took over, uh, but for a very short period of time because Charlie Baker then tapped him to be the veteran ser- the Secretary of Veterans Affairs for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. So from 2006 to about 2016, he worked on local, and then he became the veteran services, uh, uh, the Secretary of Veterans Services for the entire state. He came to our bash. He didn't have to do that. He moved, he moved out of Lawrence when he got the job so he could be closer to work. I think he moved to like Arlington or Bedford or somewhere down there. He came to our bash every year because we honor veterans. He came and did, does all of the, when Hoppy Curran does his Vietnam veteran memorial dinner every year, he comes, he drives up from Boston every year, he comes, he pins awards on guys. He's done such an amazing job for our veterans. I can't think of anybody else. We gave him, we gave him a Hero Veteran Award one year. I, I can't think of anybody else who's, who, would be be, who was better and who could be better at being the veterans, Secretary of Veterans Affairs in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. So I was heartbroken, beyond heartbroken. I think I might have even cried a little bit. Last year, when COVID hit, and we found out that over 100 veterans at the Holyoke Soldiers Home died Ugh. in the nursing home because they kept putting people with COVID from the hospital back into the, into the nursing home. I was even more heartbroken when my good friend Charlie Baker, and he is my friend. I don't agree with him on this, and I know a lot of people hate him for it. But when Charlie Baker forced him to resign and publicly blamed him for what happened at the soldier's home. To, to blame a guy that had no blame, to save your ass politically. And I don't know if he was listening to his friends, who aren't really his friends if he was listening to them. I don't know who he was listening to. Or I don't know if he let somebody else make the decision and he just went along with it. But my friend Charlie Baker allowed his staff not just to force Francisco Urena to to resign in the middle of this scandal, which makes him look guilty, right? That was the purpose. Make him resign, then he looks guilty, and then the press is off us because the governor is really the one in charge. So when this happened, uh, I called Francisco. He refused to talk about it. He said, Tom, I'm going to get sued. And you've been sued. You know what happens. You get in the deposition, and the first thing they say to you is, who'd you talk to about it? And then they'll subpoena you in and ask you what I said to you to see if they can get you to trip up and get you to say something bad about me or get you to say something that I didn't say. So I'd love to tell you the story, Tom. I'd love to talk to you. But I hope you understand I can't. So I said, that's fine. I have other friends that work in the Baker administration. I'll call them. So I called them, and here's what I found out. And this is 100% true because I verified it. 
They, the governor called Francisco Urena the night before and said he wanted to meet him in his office the next morning at nine, 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. Francisco thought he was going in to talk to the governor about how they could fix the problem at the nursing home. Instead, he was not met with the governor when he showed up at the governor's office. He was met with two of the governor's flunkies who had already written up his resignation, handed it to him, and told him to sign it. Okay? Now, is that being fired... Because I've been fired from a couple of jobs where I was told to resign, and that's really kind of the same as being fired. He was fired. The headline the next day, Francisco Urena resigns, but really with that whole slant of, because he's probably guilty. Uh. And the Boston papers eviscerated this hero Marine, who, by the way, never once neglected a veteran when he served the city of Lawrence, never once neglected a veteran when he served the city of, of Boston, never once neglected a veteran while he was the Secretary of Veterans Services, never once neglected his duty as a hero Marine when he got his Purple Heart in Iraq. And this is the guy that you put the shit on and forced to resign and make him look guilty. They did this after they commissioned a bogus study, a bogus investigation, which basically blamed Francisco Urena for everything that happened. Now, I read that report. I have a friend in the governor's office who gave me that report. I read it at least eight times. I went through it with a highlighter. I circled things. I took notes. Every single goddamn thing in that report was a lie. It wasn't a mistake. It was a lie. And the person who wrote that report needs to be held accountable for that. Because this week, now we wrote an editorial last let me pull it up because I don't want to get the date wrong. I'll get a million emails. You got the date wrong on that. Okay. Uh, I know. July of 2020. So July of last year, we wrote an editorial. And as much as I hate to ever say anything bad about Charlie because he is my friend, I eviscerated Charlie Baker for what he did. And here's why. The, commis- the, the report that they, f- that they forced Francisco Urena to re- resign over blamed him for what happened. However... The head of the nurse, we, we did the research, and we did the research a year ago, and we've been doing research since then, because Francisco is my friend, and I do have my friends back, especially when they're getting screwed. The head of the nursing home in Holyoke was not appointed by Francisco Urena, and he didn't answer to Francisco Urena. I'm going to say that again. The guy who made the decision to put people with COVID into that nursing home and caused the deaths of over 100 of our hero veterans, some of them World War II veterans, that stormed the beaches of Normandy for this country, was not appointed by Francisco Urena, and did not answer to Francisco Urena as the Secretary of Veterans Services. In fact, he answered to a board that was handpicked by Charlie Baker. And he was nominated by Charlie Baker. So Charlie Baker nominated this guy to run the soldiers, soldiers home in Holyoke where the, soldiers, where, the, where the veterans died and the guy had zero experience running nursing homes. It was a political appointment. Now, when a governor makes a political appointment like that, most people don't care, right? Mm-hmm. But when something bad happens and you start looking at the person's qualifications, suddenly it's important. And so if anybody's going to take blame for what happened at the soldiers' home in Holyoke... It certainly should not have been Francisco Urena. It should have been Charlie Baker. Charlie Baker should have come out and said, 
I'm the one who appoints the board that runs that nursing home, not Francisco Urena. I'm the one that appointed the guy that ran that nursing home that was approved by the board, not Francisco Urena. And I'm not going to let it. This is the home run he could have had. I'm not going to let a hero Marine take the blame for something he didn't do. Charlie, if you're watching, and I know he does watch the program because he sends me emails once in a while because he laughs. He thinks my show is funny. That's the home run you could have had. You could have stood up for a hero Marine and said, no, I don't care what public opinion, people in Methuen, are you listening? I don't care what public opinion says. I don't care that the media is making him look guilty. I know that he's not guilty. And I'm not going, and if I have to take the hit, the buck stops with me, I'm the governor. Yeah. You know what? Democrats who hate Charlie Baker would have respected that. The Republicans that I have on this show on a regular basis who eviscerate Charlie Baker, who hate him, the conservatives hate him more than the liberals, believe it or not. They would have respected that. I would have respected that. But instead, instead, Charlie Baker took the coward's way out. And Charlie Baker let his staff, not himself, sit with Francisco Urena and force him to resign. I think at the very least, Charlie Baker should not have pulled a Neil Perry. Charlie Baker should have sat down one-on-one and had a conversation with him and talked to him about maybe you should resign, maybe we should do this, and maybe you could have come up with something else, another solution. But instead, instead, they thought, we'll blame Francisco, we'll throw him under the bus, the stories will eventually kind of go away, and some other scandal will pop up, and then everybody will forget about it, and the governor won't be held accountable. Well, you know what? I'm here to hold the governor accountable today, and it hurts me to do it, because Charlie's my friend, and Francisco's my friend, and I think they've both kind of been friends of mine about the same time. I think I met Charlie Baker back in 2004 or 2005, like right around that time. So they've both been my friends for, for almost the same amount of time. Although I, I'll admit that I'm closer with, with, with Francisco because it's kind of hard to get the governor on the phone just to chat, right? Right. But, but <laughs> Char- Char- Charlie came to all of our bashes before he became governor. He's, he's been very good to the Valley Patriot. He's been very good to me. But i got to call it the way that it is. And the way that it is is, Charlie, you screwed up. And so now <laughs> the Boston Globe this past week has exonerated, finally, has exonerated Francisco Urena and put the blame where the blame belongs. The guy who ran the nursing home, the board that approved the guy on the nursing home, and square on where the buck stops Charlie Baker. Now, Charlie Baker still has a chance. You know, one of the things that always bothers me is when someone does something wrong, they, and people get mad at them, they figure, well, they're mad at me anyway, so why, why should I bother trying to correct this? Right. No, th- there's always a chance to make something right, Always. Charlie Baker can still do the right thing. He can still publicly apologize to Francisco Urena and offer him another job. He can still do the right thing and make it right. Look, when you do something wrong, Neil Perry, pay attention. When, you're doing, when you do something wrong, when you do something bad to someone, even though you might think you would right at the time that you did it, but you find out that what you did was probably not a good thing, there's always time to make it right. And when I do something wrong, I don't just apologize to some. I listen. Let me give you a great example. I'll humiliate myself a little bit. I, I, Joe Bivolac was head of the Chamber of Commerce, the Merrimack Valley Chamber of Commerce. Guy's always been nice to me. I was, I was really miffed at something that he did as a city councilor in Haverhill one day, and I was talking to somebody, and I was kind of bad mouthing the guy, not realizing the guy that I was talking to was a really good friend of Joe Bivolac's. So the guy that I was talking to said, "You know what?" Joe's my friend. I don't want to hear that. And he walked away from me and hasn't spoken to me since, by the way. I felt so bad after that. And Joe will tell you this. 
I drove to his office, asked to see him. I had no appointment. Asked to see him. His office at Essex Street and Lawrence. And this was very recent. This was like a year ago. Went in, told him what I did, and apologized profusely. And then I said, an apology is not enough. Look, I became a Jew because I believe in atonement. I believe when you do something wrong, you atone for what you did. You don't just apologize. You do something to make it right. So I said, Joe, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do for you. I appreciate that you've accepted my apology, but it's not enough. If the Merrimack Valley Chamber sends me your, calendars, your calendar events every month, I will put it in the paper every month and I won't charge you. And for the last year and a half, we've been putting the Merrimack Valley Chamber events in the Valley Patriot without charging because I screwed up and I wanted to make it right. Okay. And even though I've kind of made it right now, I don't really have to give them that anymore. I still do it. Charlie Baker, you've got the chance to do the right thing. You have the chance. You have the chance to not be Neil Perry. You have the chance to not be Dan Rivera. You have the chance to not be Kendris Vasquez. You have a chance to do something right and, and gain the respect of some people who have lost a little respect for you over this issue. One of those people is John McDonald, who is a hero Air Force veteran who I can't think of anybody who campaigned harder for Charlie Baker than John McDonald. John McDonald spent a lot of money and raised a lot of money. And when I say a lot of money, I'm not talking thousands. I'm talking like tens of thousands of dollars that, that John McDonald helped raise for Charlie Baker when he ran both times. Actually, all three times because the first time he lost. He's all over Facebook with a petition, a signature petition, demi- trying to get people to sign. And I'm trying to find it. I, th- I thought I posted it, but if I didn't, I will post it after the show. I guess it's not here, uh, but I will post it after the show. Um, he's got a, an online petition going demanding that Charlie Baker not re- resign. He could have said, you know what? Charlie should resign for this. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I don't think I could blame him if he did. But he's not doing that. He's trying to give Charlie a way out. He's trying to give Charlie a chance to make it right. So they're doing an online petition demanding that Charlie Baker publicly apologize to Francisco Urena. Hmm. And you know what? I'm going to take it one step further because an apology is not enough. It's one thing to screw somebody. It's another thing to take away the honor of a hero Marine who lives and breathes by their honor. I can't tell you how emotionally hurt Francisco has been over this because we have a lot of mutual friends. And it has taken a very serious toll on him as a human being. And it's wrong. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this conversation by saying to Charlie Baker, or anybody who's around Charlie, I know Lenny Mera, you talk to him all the time. I know Lenny watches the show faithfully every week. Um, I know that Kevin Leach talks to him all the time. I know that, uh, I know Bruce Tarr, who watches the show. He sends me an email every single week. Uh, I know you guys talk to Charlie. He needs to, A, publicly apologize. But that's the, that's the least of it. He then needs to make it right. You either rehire Francisco Urena as your Secretary of Veteran Services, or you find a better job for him. And not a job that he can lose if the next governor comes in. Not one of these political jobs. You need, to get, you need to make it right to this guy. You need to make it right. And he's still being sued. He's still being named in the suit. And now we're all pretty sure he, that's going to be okay for him. But because he's named in a suit, he was going to come on the show today. We were going to have him on. We're going to have him zoom in. But he said, Tom, I still have this lawsuit. And anything that I say on your show, you know what they're going to do. They're going to take it. They're going to twist it. They're going to get me in court. And they're going to try and make it look like I said something that I didn't say or that I meant something that I didn't mean. I just can't do it. And that breaks my heart because if you could hear him tell this story, I don't do it justice. If you could hear him tell this story, it it would make every single person on this audience cry. It really would. There's nothing that hurts me more than to see a good person getting screwed. I'm a good person and I get screwed a lot. 
So I know how it feels. When I see someone else's honor being called into question, not just called into question, but eviscerated by the governor who's supposed to have your back, that's just something so wrong about that, I can't even, I could probably just sit here and talk in incomplete sentences for the rest of the show just on this topic. Because that's, that's how much it bothered me then, and that's how much it bothers me now. Um, how do you transition from that into talking about restaurants? We do have some elections coming up. Yes. So uh, we, learned, we learned two days ago that uh, even though the state election is not this year, it's next year, that my favorite state elected Democrat, Suzanne Bump, the state auditor, who we've talked about numerous times on this show, has announced she is not running for re-election. And that was very sad for me because I don't have very many... I don't have very many Democrats that I support at the state level because most of them are left-wing lunatics who have long sold us out. However, Suzanne Bump is also a left-wing lunatic, but she hasn't sold us out. And so I'm okay with someone being a left-wing lunatic. Like, Suzanne Bump is so liberal that she thinks Elizabeth Warren is too conservative. Like, she thinks, she thinks Bernie Sanders isn't liberal enough. <laughs> That's how liberal she is. However, as an auditor, she has done a fantastic job as an auditor. She has done such a great, she has saved the Commonwealth millions and millions of dollars just in the welfare program alone by finding the fraud that they have found and continues to do audits of social service programs in in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And by the way, no auditor before her would do that. Even my good buddy Joe DiNuccio, when he was auditor, would not audit the welfare department or any of the social services department because it pisses off their party, because their party doesn't want the Democrats say there's no such thing as welfare fraud, just like they say there's no such thing as voter fraud. So if a Democrat auditor comes out and does an audit and shows that there's welfare fraud, it makes them kind of look bad, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, Suzanne Bump came in, and one of the first things she did as a state auditor was she, she audited the welfare department. <laughs> and she found a ton of fraud. And the governor back then, Deval Patrick, called her a liar on the front page of the Globe. So you know what she did? She didn't fight back and say, no, you're a liar. No, you're a liar. No, you're a liar. And they didn't go back and forth. She took some of her discretionary money in her budget. She hired a third-party firm to re-audit the welfare department, and they found more fraud than she found. And so she rammed that up Governor Deval Patrick's rear end and said, okay, so you think I was wrong? You th- you're right, I was wrong. There's more fraud than what I said there was yeah. before. So that's the kind of Democrat I am always going to support. I am not a partisan guy. Those of you who send me hate mail, and I get them almost every day, you right-wing Republicans, I'm not a Republican. I voted for more Democrats in the st- last state ballot than I voted for Republicans. I did. And you'll know that if you just go to my Facebook page and look at the photo gallery. It's me with Suzanne Bump. It's me with Diana DiZoglio. It's me with Katie Ives. They're all Democrats. So Bump is not, Suzanne Bump's not running for re-election. And that was really a little heartbreaking for me because I don't want her running for governor. She's too liberal to be governor. Yeah. And I don't want her to be a state rep or a state senator because she's way too liberal to be a state rep or a state senator. Yeah. She was a great auditor. So I'm hoping that she's stepping down and not running for some legislative or executive position. Unless she's like going to run for state treasurer or something. Like that, that yeah. maybe she could do. Uh, at least, you know, like without the politics interfering. Within about five minutes of finding out that Suzanne Bump was not running for re-election, I find out our good friend who has been on the show numerous times, Eileen, Eileen Duff the governor's counselor for Essex County has thrown her hat into the ring for next year, not this year, and has, has announced that she is running for state auditor to replace Suzanne Bump. Hmm. 
I then got a call yesterday, and I have not confirmed this because she will not confirm it. But I also heard a rumor from somebody close to Diana DiZoglio. And by the way, I'm not mincing words here. I'm telling you the 100% truth. I'm not pretending that I don't know something that I know. Um, I heard that Diana DiZoglio yesterday, I heard from two different people who said, Diana is giving very serious thought to jumping into the auditor's race. My only advice for Diana is please don't do it. This is your job for life. You are a great state senator. I don't agree with you on a lot of stuff. But when it comes to bringing money back to the local communities, when it comes back to helping the local neighborhoods, nobody's a better state senator than Diana DiZoglio. And it's her job for life if she wants it. There's no one that can beat her. She's built, she's built up credibility in every community she represents. Everyone, I shouldn't say everyone loves Diana. Her colleagues don't really like her. The insiders don't like her because she doesn't play ball, right? She wouldn't play ball with the speaker. She's the one that, that, uh, that blew the whistle on the non-disclosures at the state house. how women were sexually harassed, some of them sexually assaulted, and then forced to sign a non-disclosure agreement to get their pension on their way out the door or to get their unemployment on their way out the door. She's the one that blew the whistle on that and then wrote a law to stop it. So her colleagues don't like her. I'm not going to say everyone likes Diana, but everybody but the, outs- everybody but the insiders like Diana. Mm-hmm. Most people who have met Diana and have watched her work or have had to call her for help, small businesses, chambers of commerce, local merchants association, I know the North Andover, I'm a member of the North Andover Merchants Association. I know they've reached out to her a number of times. She's been extremely helpful. I know that the Amesbury Chamber of Commerce, which is run by our good friend, uh, Phil, Phil of the Future, Phil DeCollegero, has reached out to her during COVID, told me she did an amazing job helping him. She did an amazing job helping him help the businesses in Amesbury get funding for COVID, get PPP loans, get uh, extensions on some of the loans that they had. Um, I really think Diana just needs to just stay where you are. She is going to be governor someday. I'm completely convinced of it. But not now. She needs to stay where she is right now until there's like a perfect open. Like you got to pick your spot. Yep. Because if she runs for auditor, she's going to be running against people who have millions of dollars in the bank. Mm. And Diana does not have millions of dollars in the bank. And I don't think she can raise millions of dollars at the place where she is now. But she stays a state senator for maybe five, six more years. Does that say time's up? Yeah, We're done? That's all right. We can go We never got to the restaurants or anything. All right. You're um, a professional talker. If she, stays, <laughs> if she stays our senator for another maybe five or six years, and she continues having fundraisers, and she stays out in the community, she might be able to build a war chest where she could run for governor, mm-hmm. or she could run for auditor, or she could run for a senate or U.S. Senate, or Congress. But for now, I think it's just better for her to stay where she is. I would hate to lose a great state senator like Diana Zaghi. I would hate to lose her. And no matter who replaces her could not do as good a job as she's doing. They would be two huge shoes to fill. All right, I I really wanted to talk about three restaurants. We'll talk about them next week. I will will tell you who they are, though. So of the 10 restaurants that we visited in the last week, I, I I had to go over my list to make sure. Because I said 10 restaurants in seven days doesn't sound right, but it's true. We went to 10 restaurants. There were three that got it right. Muddy Waters, which is not a restaurant. It's a bar on Riverside Drive in Methuen. The Loft in North Andover, which is right next to Joe Fish, which is why we picked it, because we'd already done Joe Fish. And Salvatore's in Lawrence. And we'll talk about them in detail. But let me say one thing about The Loft, because this is a really bizarre. Can I just like two two minutes? Yeah, yeah, you're good. 
So we went to the loft. Now, after what happened at the loft, it probably would have gotten a bad review or just no review because it wasn't because because of what happened. But let me tell you what happened because sometimes something bad happens and something better comes of it. This is an example. We go to the loft for lunch. We're the only ones there. We sat at the picnic tables outside. The lady came out. She took our order. I asked for my steak. How do I order my steak? Oh, me. me you, well done. You, oh, no. That's right. You're the opposite <laughs> to me. I'm like, wait a minute. Sorry. I failed the test. It's audience participation. So I like my steaks because we said it a million times. I like my steak well done. That's so I ordered right. my steak well done. It came and it was not well done. So my heart sank because I was really looking forward to giving the loft a good review because they're having a hard time getting customers and they're having a hard time getting workers. Until I took my first bite of a medium a medium well steak. It wasn't rare. It wasn't, it wasn't well. It was close to well done, but it wasn't well done. And I looked at it. I, 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 I cut into it, and I saw the red, and I went, ugh, another restaurant. Well, I guess we can't give these guys a good review. Until I took a bite. It was amazing. I've never had a medium well steak that was that good, which is why I ordered them well. Right. Right? So... Normally, I'll say at the end of the at the end of the, at the end of the meal, I'll say, you know, I ordered a steak well done, and it wasn't well done. And then they always say, why didn't you send it back? And of course, my go-to answer is, I never send food back because I've worked in kitchens and I know what happens right. when you send food back. Um, <laughs> and instead of saying that, I said, because I started off with, it was supposed to be well done and it wasn't well done. And she's like, why didn't you send it back? I said, here's why. I took a bite, and I've never had a medium well steak this good, and it was that good then I'm actually going to give you guys a good review because the potatoes were good. Everything else was good. The service was excellent. The portions were good. And, and I sat there and I thought, you know, they got it wrong, but they still got it right. And I don't know any other restaurant that's gotten it wrong and still gotten it right. So we want to give a free shout out to The Loft. They do not advertise. We're not saying this because they give us money. Um, it's genuine. We, when we go to these restaurants, we go there and, and whether they advertise or they don't, we, we, we give them an honest review. Um, Muddy Waters is a bar. It's not a restaurant, but they do have food. We went there one day because we found out that they donated an entire meal to the Methuen firefighters. Right. And we wanted to thank them by spending money there. So we went. I ordered hot wings. I ordered a hamburger. I ordered French fries. The food was excellent. The food was – the hamburger and the hot wings was better than at most restaurants that I get. And I thought, I know, I'm re- I know we're reviewing restaurants. It's not really a restaurant. They deserve it. We're going we're gonna to give them a, a free one. And we'll talk more extensively about Sal's next week. I um, want to thank all of our sponsors. Uh, who are they? They are here. Uh, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go back to front. Uh, Tomo's Restaurant down here on uh, 28 in Salem, New Hampshire. HS Investigation, who I forgot at the beginning of the show. Harry, Harry Investigation. Uh, Ted Fairburn, attorney at law. He specializes in workers' compensation. So if you got hurt at work... I don't know how because nobody's working. But if you get hurt at work, uh, or if you're out because you got hurt at work, call Teddy Fairburn. He does workers' compensation. He'll take care of you. Uh, uh, Angelo over there at A&M Auto Body, especially if you're a mechanic, he's looking for workers. Please go to A&M Auto Body. Tell tell him, say, look, I saw it on Tom Duggan's show that you're looking for mechanics. I'm a mechanic. I want to work for you. Borelli's Deli, where I'm going to get my meats after the show. EIS Investigation and Gun Training, Marsan and Sun Construction, AFC Urgent Care, and of course, our friends at McLennan Real Estate Century 21 in Methuen. It sounds like Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. He does, so go home already.
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.